Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Do you know the last time Washington had a winning record when they faced the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, That would have been, and I'm talking about other than the first couple of weeks of the season, and even it doesn't apply to Washington. The last time Washington actually played a game against the Cowboys with a winning record was the 2018 Thanksgiving Day game, which was four days after Alex Smith broke his leg against the Houston Texans at FedEx Field. They were 6-4 and four, heading to Dallas with Colt McCoy. He would get injured. They lost that game, um, and the season sort of imploded. It's been five seasons since Washington played the Cowboys with a winning record. I mean, that's embarrassing. Here are some of the records, okay? They were... Um, in 2019, they were 0 and 1 in Week Two. Then they were 3 and 12. They were 1 and 5 in 2020 for their first game. 3 and 7 in their second game. In 2021, they were 6 and 6. They were 500 for the first game. On th- uh, that was a um, uh, that 2021 game. They were 6 and 6 when they played the Cowboys and lost at FedEx 27 to 20. And then they were 6 and 8. Uh, at the end of the year, the year, and then last year in their games against Cal- the Cowboys, they were one and two, and then remember seven, eight, and one heading in to the final. Um, obviously, this year uh, they weren't very good um, heading into the Dallas game at four and seven. That's amazing, right? You got to go back five years to find the last time Washington played Dallas with a better than 500 record. 301-230-0980, Is the Dallas-Washington rivalry dead? And then how do you feel about Sunday's game? Uh, and this really is a question that I think applies to, you know, longtime Washington fans like me. Um, but I don't mind the Dallas perspective on the rivalry, uh, which we got from Jimmy. And I think Jimmy lives here. I Most of the Cowboy fans I know, the Eagles, have become the big rival. Uh, let's go to Joe in Springfield. Joe, what do you say? Go. Hey, Kevin. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, to you too, Joe. All right. You know, I would say that, yeah, the, the rivalry is dead right now. I mean, it, it can't be a rivalry if one team wins, like, what is it, eight out of the last ten games again, uh, in a rivalry? No, and no. I mean, Ron's, Ron's done pretty well against uh, the Cowboys. Ron has won. Yeah. Ron is four and five against the Cowboys uh, heading into this final game. Well, I mean, Kevin, I even went to the Cowboy game last year, and it had nothing to do with the rivalry. The only reason why I went to the game was to see Sonny Driggers' retirement ceremony. I mean, it was right. great to see us blow out Dallas, and it was unexpected because I was I thought Dallas would play much better than it did. But, I mean, the rivalry is, is sort of dead to me. I haven't really felt it since 2015 or 2016. I mean, would it be I, – I know as a fan, I'm telling you on Sunday, I'm going to be sitting home wearing burgundy and gold but I'm going to be I, – and I don't drink at all, Kevin, but I'm going to have a buy Dan beer next to me drinking that knowing what's coming on Monday. So whether whatever happens or not, and I expect us to get the number two pick, that's all I'm going to say about that. So take care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Joe, don't hang up yet because I want to ask you something because I, I was going to read this tweet. Ryan sent me a tweet and just said, 
Would you feel differently if the name and the uniforms and everything still were a part of the franchise? I, I think I probably would. I'd still be rooting for the Cowboys, but I would feel more passionate about the game and the team in general. But remember, long before the name was lost uh, during um, you know during that 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 summer of of twenty twenty. Uh, the, the life of the you know of, of the fan base had been kind of washed uh, away to a certain degree by Dan Snyder's ownership. We've talked about this many times. The numbers back it up. In effect, Snyder chased away two thirds of the hardcore fan base. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to Pauly. Pauly, go ahead. Big guy, hail to the W. Hail to the W. What's up? I, listen, man, my DNA is burgundy and gold. I always hate Dallas. It's always going to be a rivalry to me, no matter what our record is or what their record is, man. I, I hate the colors. I, I, I hate the uniform. I hate the logo. Can't even say burgundy you know and gold I mean? really anymore. But, uh, listen, it's always going to be burgundy and gold to me, man. And like I said, man, this is my DNA to hate these dudes. You, you can call it jealous ones envy. Shout out Fat Joe. You know, but I hate them. And I'm always – if you're a real fan of this organization, that's the one team you're always going to hate. But look, man, I've been out of high school 30 years. I still hate Maury High School. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's my rivalry. You know what I mean? So, of course, I'm. listen, if we win this game – Where was where was Maury? In Norfolk? Maury's in Norfolk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out to Maury. They won state championships in football, man. I got some family to play with them. But I still hate Maury, though. You know what I'm saying? But – um. My whole point is, we win on Sunday. I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. We, we, we go back to number five or something like that in the draft. You know, look, I got, I, I got can't believe big you. Penix energy, anyways. I got big Penix energy, anyways. <laughs> Nobody got him ranked two or three. So if we got to go back a couple of spots and draft Penix, I'm good with that. You know what I mean? We lose, we up there in the top. Okay, whatever. You know what I mean? But no, I, mean, I hate these dudes. I, you know, I, I can't right. watch this game on Sunday. I can't watch this game on Sunday and root for us to lose. That's just not in my DNA, man. Uh, look, I'll, I'll tell you, on some level, the the idea of even using the verb rooting, it might be a little bit too strong for me. My preference is that they lose because I know organizationally it's the right thing. I also know selfishly that it will make the conversation in the offseason leading into that draft much more uh, much more intriguing to have perhaps the choice of multiple quarterbacks overall. But um, I, look, you do you. I, I mean, I respect the way you feel. Huh? Can I say this about that draft, though? You know, the yeah. scared way of thinking is if we do end up at two, there's going to be a lot of pressure on picking the right quarterback. You know, I know. But we slide back to five or six or whatever and pick up Penix. There's really no pressure on that pick. You know what I mean? I don't it, know. If you like slide back to five or six, then there's pressure on picking a quarterback. Then you're judged. If you pick a quarterback at two, nobody is going to say that you did the wrong thing based on what we watched this year at quarterback, even if it doesn't yeah, work out. At, if you pick Penix at five, it's almost like the Chargers driving um, – um, um, your boy, and it's almost Perfect. like uh, the Dolphins draft a Tua. Uh, well, yeah, Tua. Yeah, those guys were projected you know, top five picks. Yeah, they was top five. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, the, all the talk was about Joe Burrow and Chase Young, the first two yeah. picks in the draft. You're right. We, You're they didn't right. Talk about Herbert or Tua until the. You're season. right. Until it's it's revisionist playing. thinking to say that you know everybody. I know there are a couple of you out there, including Billy and Chantilly. Who, who always said that he wanted them to draft Herbert in that draft. And a couple of you had it 100% right, but most people were 100% okay with Chase Young. I would have taken Burrow had he been there, but Burrow wasn't going to be there. But I, now, what I'm I saying to you is, back. what? I, I was yelling trade back the whole time. I said, we okay. need a whole lot of pieces. We need to trade right. back. What I'm saying to you is, I think if they end up with the number two pick and they select a quarterback, no one – except for the real diehard howlers at this point, are going to have a, you know an issue, whether it works or not, with the decision to take a quarterback. I think at five, no, now you're about- getting into the area where, I don't know, we should have taken the left tackle from Penn State. We should have taken the left tackle from Notre Dame. We should have traded back. 
I think that becomes no, more debatable at that point. I, I don't think so. I, I think at two, you're going to have a choice between uh, Drake May or Jaden Daniels. And if you pick the wrong guy, if one uh, guy fails miserably and the other I, guy... I, I agree. What I'm saying is you won't have an argument, though, about picking quarterback. At five, no, you at might. Five, if, if, you, if you pick a quarterback at five for this team, it still wouldn't be a, no argument about picking Pennant because this team needs a quarterback. Anybody that looked at, looks at this team and says we don't need a quarterback is blind. They, 100%. They, they're not watching the game. They're listening to the game. Yeah. We need a quarterback. <laughs> All right, let me go. All right, see ya. Uh, Let's go to Dale. Dale, is the rivalry dead, and how will you watch the game Sunday? What kind of rooting interest will you have? Kevin, I I can't talk about the rivalry because I'm not long-term, but I I understand one thing. I hate the Cowboys. Where I grew up, it was the Cowboys on one channel and the Broncos on the other. I love them both. So my head – knows that you know that the the skins have got to lose this game but my heart just can't do anything for dallas i want dallas to lose and lose miserably so i have a question for you yeah what does it do to our draft chances if we get a tie uh well if new england wins uh if new england loses and arizona loses we're worst best case fourth at that point because we would be we would be we we would have um, we wouldn't have as many losses. We'd be four twelve and one. They would be four and thirteen. So I have to root for Dallas to lose. Huh? I mean to win. Huh? Yeah, a tie, a tie hurts us. It doesn't help us. But doesn't now, it hurt Dallas too? A tie a tie can't drop us to fifth, but a tie How would. Does it hurt Dallas. What'd you say? And how does it hurt Dallas? Oh, if Dallas ties and Philly wins, um, yeah. yeah. If if Dallas ties and Philly wins, uh, then Philly, then Dallas wins the division. Dallas, Dallas. If no, no, no. I'm sorry. If Philly wins and Dallas ties, Philly wins the division. Dallas has to win. Okay. My fault. Yeah, Dallas had a right. Dallas tie would be devastating as well. So if you're if you're trying to, to you know hit the hit the middle here if you're trying to middle this in terms of your 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 emotions a tie drops yeah. us potentially to fourth but may cost Dallas the division. I like the way you're thinking. You're you know you're 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 you're, you're hedging here a little bit. And well, a tie would make lot. Dallas I'll miserable potentially and drop us to four. Yeah, four Force quite a drop. We don't need to trade anything away for our pick, you know, to go up one slot or anything else. There's four good quarterbacks, maybe possibly five if you count the kid from Oregon. You know, any of them are probably better than what we've got. We've got to have the second. I'm just going to make wings and drink heavily and hope that. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Thanks for the call, Dale. Let, let me. Dale just presented an inter, an interesting, you know, um, scenario here. So, yes, if Philly beat the Giants and Dallas tied, Philly would win the division. Dallas would drop to the five seed. Okay, so understand that. Um, if Washington ended up in a tie, the worst they would pick would be fourth. The best they, they would be able to pick could still be second if Arizona and New England both won. Um, and so right now, if they lose and New England loses, there's still a chance we drop to three, depending on strength of schedule for both teams, but we wouldn't drop to fourth. Arizona plays Seattle at home to finish up the year. New England, of course, faces the Jets in what will be a heavy snow game in Foxborough right now, based on the weather report uh, for Sunday. So if... It's an interesting way to look at it. Like it, they could tie and still get the two pick if they, but you then you'd need New England to win and you need Arizona to win as well. Arizona could beat Seattle with the way they've been playing. They're only a three point dog at home against Seattle. I didn't think about that one. It's a good one. Um, I'm still not fired up for it. Uh, Samaj, Samaj, go ahead. Hey, Coach. How you been, bro? I'm good, Samaj. How you, how you been? How you been, Coach? It's been a long time, man. I haven't been able to uh, 
I'm in with you guys. I just recently found out you guys were on the uh, ad, ad, uh, 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 Odyssey app. Grief. Yeah. Thank you, Odyssey. I always get a, uh, confused with the music right. app, Audacity. But anyway, uh, Kev, all I can tell you is I, to answer your question in both parts, I think uh, nationally it's uh, it's in life support. I think for anyone in the local area under 45, it's probably in life support. I think for 45 and older, diehard Bergen Gold fans, and Kevin, okay, I disagree with you, buddy. I'm gonna always call them the Bergen Gold unless they change the name to the Wolves, nah, I which you. I prefer. Yeah, which yeah. will no, be I'm the first you. and only canine mascot in the league. I think it'll be a great name, Washington Wolves. Anyway, I'll talk to you about that before, and I'll talk to you about that again. But anyway, that's not what I'm calling for today. I'm calling to answer your question. So, um, me personally, dude, I'm with the other caller. As long as that helmet has that star on it, I'm going to despise them. And I don't give a damn about a draft pick. I despise the star helmets. I never want to lose to the star helmets helmets under any circumstances. And I like the scenario of the last caller. If you're going to hedge, let's get the tie. (laughs) So I'll say that. That's me personally, dude. I hate, I hate, will always despise. Yeah, but Samaj, and I, look, I'm not going to push back a lot on those of you that really feel passionate and still feel passionate about it because I, I, res- I respect that and I understand the loyalty, et cetera. But what if the option was if you lose, you miss out on a quarterback that could lead you to beating the snot out of them for the next 10 years? Like, uh, And I know there's no guarantee of that, but I got to give myself and my organization the best chance to be great because we haven't even been good forever. I mean, we haven't had a meaningful game against these guys in years. Years. Well, And I'd like more meaningful games. I'd like the opportunity for this game to actually legitimately mean something beyond just old feelings. And for that, you got to root for them to lose. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think big picture. A, I have a lot of confidence in Harris and the Magic Group. I think they're going to get it done from uh, an off-the-scope perspective, from the core base of the franchise and build upward, almost like a football team where you start at the lines. And to that point, as far as your your drafts and you want to compete right away, well, dude, I personally felt like how was a was a viable um, prospect, and I believe the inefficiency of once of what was once held as the Bergen Gold's greatest asset for my whole use, which was offensive line play, i.e. the Hogs. I don't care if we draft first, second, third, or 50th. If we don't get that offensive line together, we're just going to have another young quarterback come in with some skills. He's going to get beat to death, and he may got never a, recover. got a lot of opportunities in this offseason. Um, Samaj, and I, I appreciate the call. A lot of op- opportunities beyond the top, you know, uh, top three to to four pick um, to add offensive linemen and to restack the offensive line, not only with picks but with free agency and a lot of cap space. You know, somebody um, tweeted me last night and he said, you know, you should give Ron at least credit for leaving us with the second most cap space in the NFL. All right, uh, fine. Uh, there's there's the banner. Uh, that we can hang to Ron, um, and hopefully the new group will do something with it. But it's a different, you know, uh, it, it's a different league now. Um, you know, take San Francisco out of the equation, and maybe Purdy's special. Who knows? Um, but the quickest way and the best way to sustain success, which is the goal, because if you can win nine, ten, eleven, twelve plus games over a long period of time, you're going to have big swings at it in the in the postseason, and hopefully a couple of those swings connect. But the only way you get to you know ten plus wins, nine plus wins, and in the postseason and year year in and year out is with an outstanding quarterback. That is the easiest. It's not the easiest to find, but once you have it, that's the 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 closest to a guarantee that you will be competitive year in and year out for playoff berths and for games in mid January and beyond. Uh, let's go to DMV Kale. DMV Kale, thanks for holding. Go ahead. What's up, Kevin? Happy New Year, bro. To Thank you me. too. If I went to shoppers and I bought a, a, a package of assorted popsicles. I'm throwing everyone that's blue 
everyone that's white and everyone that's gray the hell away. Listen, the reason that these cow bums are hated the way they are because us older Washingtonians have to hear taking out your trash. We them boys going to work. We them boys coming home from work. We them damn boys. Listen, I can't. The, the, the hatred and the rivalry have Jeez. combined so much to the point where I don't care about. Listen, nobody knew Tom Brady was, would be Tom Brady when he was picked. No one knew Brock Purdy would be Brock Purdy. They're the two when examples. He was picked. Yes, they are the examples, and there are many more. There are? There aren't many more. That's the problem. Over 20 years, there's like four of them or five of them. Needles in a haystack. Year in and year out, the best quarterbacks in the the league were first-round picks for the most part. I get you on that, but if there are people with these organizations paid to uh, make those decisions, there are people in this organization paid to find that needle in the haystack. Get out and do your job. By the way, by the way, the popsicle analogy is a good one. I'm a flavored ice guy more than I am a popsicle guy. Like if you gave me the chance to sort of push up some flavored ice versus a popsicle, I'm pushing up that flavored (laughs) ice. Let's get Sabah on here to finish up because I know we missed her the other day. Go ahead, Sabah. Hey there, Kevin. I actually uh, messaged you on Wednesday about could we tie and do both. Get the draft yeah. pick and hurt Dallas. Yeah, so the an- I, I missed that. Yeah. Sorry, but the answer is okay. yeah. But you'd ha- but Arizona and New England would would both would both have to win for us to finish with the second overall pick. Okay. Well, here's my thing. Okay. Um, I don't want to see Dallas uh, succeed, and they have a better chance of succeeding if they go home. Because even like I said, even when they lose the game, Detroit, they still get given it. They win it. I vomited in my mouth after watching that game, and I will literally jump off a bridge if they win a Super Bowl. So I don't care about the draft pick. Let's just look at the top two picks on the draft. That's what you're so worried about versus number five or six. Well, who's in the playoffs now? Hurts, he wasn't top two. Purdy, he wasn't top two. Dak, he wasn't top two. Lamar, he wasn't top two. Joe Flacco, he wasn't top two. How many more can I name? The only well, one was a first oh, round uh, Mahomes, he wasn't type two. They're, none of them were well, top two. Not They're top, late round. We're not talking about top two. First? We're talking about first-round yes, picks. We've done this a million times. You're exhausting. Okay, we went through practice. all of the data when we were talking about Sam during the, the offseason. If you want to live on trying to draft your starting quarterback on day three, good luck. It's a needle in a haystack. Late first round, Kevin. Okay, listen, Kevin, late. If we get I, whatever. First pick, round, if though. We, if we get the top – listen to me one second. If we get the top two pick – What's going to happen is we're going to be bullied into picking someone like we were at Chase Young because all the media. And if you don't pick that guy, they don't get the bullied by the media. Sabah, ruined. nobody's getting bullied. There's no new. D- if they hire a new GM that gets bullied by the media, we're sunk already. This is what happens. When it's not what happens. Baker, what it's happens. what happens in your he was mind. Never good enough because no one wanted him to be the number one pick. So he had Who? to go to a different team and play better. Baker Who? Mayfield when Cleveland picked him. Right. Baker Mayfield, when Cleveland picked him, everybody hated it. The media, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. So they never, he even took them to the playoffs and never was good enough because they already had it in their minds. Mitch Trubisky, number two, they couldn't stand the pick. So even though he went to playoffs two times in a row, they had in their mind that he wasn't the right guy. So they end up ruining these people and they have to leave. And then they end up either succeeding or not succeeding. I'm saying I'd rather fall like Houston did and take a C.J. Stroud. No, you'd rather fall and than ascend in this particular situation. I'm See, you, you are right and you're wrong here. You are right okay. that there's no guarantee that the number two picks can end up being better than the number twenty-seven pick. Of course, we all so understand that. You're not be breaking any so news here it. that the draft is a major crapshoot. But the higher you pick, the more leverage you have. I'd like them to have the most leverage possible since on the field they suck. Everything sucks. I'd like the new general manager to have the most leverage. uh, Losing to the Cowboys means more to you, and I can appreciate that and I respect that, than it does to me. I'd rather have more leverage than less leverage. What's better, more leverage or less leverage? 
if we win, it's not a crapshoot that Dallas gets severely hurt. And that's not a crapshoot. I'd rather take the known than the unknown of a number two pick. I just uh, I'd rather care about my organization than an organization that I used to have a lot of hatred for, but don't feel as much for anymore. I don't really. Am I going to be rooting for Dallas in the postseason? No, I'm not going to. That's true. Um, uh, And it would be kind of interesting to see them choke away this opportunity. Um, But it would have been interesting for me to see them choke away this opportunity against the Eagles or the Giants as well. So it's not so much about the team they're playing. It's about the team they are. But it's real simple. More leverage or less leverage, which is better? No, I like it to where Dallas okay. is out, and we get Jim Harbaugh, and he brings JJ, and we have less uh, leverage. Him with them. Okay. All right. I don't think um, we do well Thanks leverage. for the call. As as always, I mean, Wait, did she Sabah think brings that Dallas it? would be out of the playoffs if they lose. She just said Dallas would be out. Oh We're no no no! In. She well, she knows that they, uh, no she knows that they wouldn't be out. She just thinks that they would be out, given that they would be a five seed and have to play on the road. I'm not going to. No, she knows they're not out of the playoffs if they lose. By the way, speaking of those playoffs, so many playoff scenario games Sunday. I'm going to walk you through all of the big ones. And, you know, there is a game in which a coach has made a decision to rest starters that actually could impact their first-round opponent. More on that when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. So many of you tweeting, texting that you can't believe. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Uh, that essentially the majority of callers want Washington to beat Dallas on Sunday. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised at that too. We have a very nice, I would say, eclectic mix of callers to this show. I'm ta- I'm talking specifically about the regulars, um, and I think we definitely hit on those that are, shall we say, really loyal. Let's be kind here. Um, But I don't have a problem with the loyalty. I don't have a problem with still believing it's a rivalry. Neil in Rockville texted me, and Neil said, um, you know, per the rivalry issue, it'll never die, but there isn't currently a rivalry between Dallas and our local expansion team. I think in some ways there's truth to that. Like Redskins-Cowboys rivalry will never die. But I know a lot of the way you guys feel. A lot of the, a lot of you feel that the team that is here now and the Cowboys doesn't feel the same. You know, when Fox comes on on Thanksgiving Day and it's Cowboys versus Commanders, doesn't really feel like this great all-time historical NFL rivalry. Uh, I hear you on that. So here we are, uh, week 18, um, the final week of the regular season. Amazing. Remember, it was a year ago, a year ago that we were getting ready for this game against the Cowboys in which Sam Howell was going to be the starter. Kind of a surprise, considering that's not what they wanted to do initially. Thank you, Taylor Heineke, for that parting gift. Give us a chance to see the kid. Uh, and then, by the way, give Ron a chance to to hang his entire final season's uh, you know, 
uh, competitiveness on Sam Howell, which may have been a mistake. Um, But then again, I think we saw enough from Sam at various points in time during the year to believe that it was worth seeing. I do believe that. I know what Jacoby Brissett's upside is. I believe I know what it is, um, like Jacoby Brissett. Um, But ultimately, I don't think playing Sam, and it'll turn out 17 games of Sam, I don't think that it was a waste of time. I don't. I don't think that this team with this defense would have won you know, would have been sitting here heading into this final game at 8-8 eight and eight with a chance to go to the postseason with a win over the Cowboys on Sunday. I, I just don't think they would have. I think two, three more wins maybe, but they would have been eliminated last week or the week before had they played Brissett. So I think it was worthwhile. And, you know, during various, you know, games, it was like, yeah, I mean, this is something we should continue to see. But now that I've seen 16 games of it, we need a quarterback. Period. Um, all right. So here we are. Uh, week, uh, week 18, 17th uh, game for all of these teams. We start with tomorrow. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Baltimore is going to rest all the starters. Rain, snow, mix in the forecast uh, for the game at M&T Bank. Baltimore's already locked up the one seed. Uh, it's real simple uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers with respect to uh, playoff possibilities. I'm not going to give you all of the ties as possibilities because once you start going through the playoff scenarios and you start giving all the ties, you got like, you know, an additional eight possibilities to get in. But really, very simply put, if Pittsburgh wins, they're alive. Um, and they're alive. And in with a Buffalo loss, they're also in with a Jacksonville loss, uh, and that is really their path to the postseason. Uh, Pittsburgh beats Baltimore. They are favored in this game. They have played better recently. I mean, Mike Tomlin, it's just amazing. You can't kill the dude. Uh, There is no quit in any team he ever coaches. There's no time. Despite losing to back-to-back 2-10 and football teams, the Cardinals and the Patriots, they're counted out. And here with Mason Rudolph, they've scored more points in games than they've scored in a couple of years, had more yards in games than they've had in a couple of years, and they've beaten the Bengals 34-11 and Seattle on the road 30-23 to to set up this opportunity against a team that has nothing to play for in the Ravens. So that's the first big one tomorrow. Pittsburgh wins, they're alive. They lose, they are out. Um, There is a tie scenario for them. There's actually a loss, a very long-distance loss scenario for them. Um, But Pittsburgh pretty much needs to win and get in. And by the way, if they win, it creates a win or go home for Buffalo. Buffalo, if they win, if 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 they they could go into the Sunday night game with Pittsburgh having won and then needing to beat Buffalo to win the division and get the two seed or lose and be out completely. Now there are some tie scenarios for Buffalo, um, but basically this Pittsburgh game is crucial for Buffalo on Sunday. Uh, I'd like to see Buffalo in the postseason. I think Buffalo's got a chance to make a deep run in the postseason, uh, certainly as a division winner, but even as a wild card um, if they got in that way. Um, Pittsburgh, I would not give them much of a chance in the postseason. Uh, Saturday night, Houston and Indianapolis. Simply put, this is for a, a playoff spot. Now, they both could win the division as well if Jacksonville were to lose Um, their game at Tennessee. But Houston and and Indy are playing for, at the very least, a wild-card spot. Uh, And this game, Indy is a short favorite at home against the Texans. Two teams with no expectations heading into the year. Shane Steichen, D'Amico Ryans, the two new head coaches. I think for a while it looked like D'Amico Ryans was a potential Coach of the Year candidate. Personally, I don't think it's. I think it's over. I think Stefanski is going to win uh, Coach of the Year. To take a team to potentially 12 wins on their fourth quarterback is just an incredible all-time feat. Uh, it's been done with backup quarterbacks, but you're dead in the water when you get to quarterback three, let alone quarterback uh, four. Um, but tomorrow night, Houston 
Uh, actually, I was wrong. Houston's a one-and-a-half-point favorite now. They opened as a one-and-a-half-point dog. They are now favored at Indy. You know, I was thinking about this, Denton. We know a little bit about Houston because of C.J. Stroud and the defense being much better with D'Amico Ryans. How did Indy get to nine wins? I think they're the biggest mystery team of the teams that are competing for a playoff spot this weekend. Like Jonathan Taylor was out for a few games. Anthony Richardson got hurt, and then it was Gardner Minshew. Shane Steichen's the coach in his first year. How did Indy win nine games? Like, I I feel like they're the team that's competing for a postseason berth and may be in the postseason that we all as NFL fans know the least about. They they beat a lot of bad teams. There's there's some weird wins in there. Like, I don't think most people realize that they beat the Ravens earlier this season. Earlier in the year. Yeah. But they, Long they field, a, bunch a bunch of, of field goals. Yeah, a bunch of field goals. They beat a bunch of bad teams. Though. Like Who can forget the 10-6 to game over the Patriots in Germany? Right. Game they could have easily lost. Mac Jones threw like two picks in the red zone in that game. And, and Belichick passed on some field goals in that game. No, you're, you're right. I'm looking through. They did beat the Steelers a couple of weeks ago badly. Um, they beat the Raiders off of the Raiders' 63-point output against the Chargers last week. Um, who do you like in this game? I can't feel confident about the Colts. I, like, I, I just can't. Even in looking at some of the the, um, the teams that they've beaten, I, I don't – like, Garner Minshew is such a weird uh, quarterback to me because – He's he's good when he's not supposed to be good, and then when he's supposed to be good, he forgets how to be good. So I don't know if I can trust. I don't know if I can trust the Colts. I think the Texans get it done. It would be a hell of a story. Houston was by far and away, along with Arizona, picked before the season to start to be one of the two worst teams in the NFL. Whenever you know all of the uh, way too early mock draft orders for 2024 had Arizona one. Uh, Houston, two, and Carolina was not supposed to be as bad as they turned out to be. Um, and it's an incredible job in year one from D'Amico Ryan. So Saturday night's game, ESPN, it's a game to clinch a playoff berth and potentially if Jacksonville were to lose at Tennessee to win a division. Then we get to Sunday. Um, it's real cl- uh, In the NFC South, it's pretty simple. Tampa controls its own destiny. If Tampa Bay beats Carolina, they win the NFC South, they, they will be the four seed, and they will host a first-round um, playoff game. Uh, they can also, believe it or not, um, get in as a wild card berth, but that involves a bunch of ties. Now, New Orleans plays Atlanta. Uh, that game is if Atlanta wins and Tampa loses, Atlanta wins the NFC South. If New Orleans wins and Tampa loses, New Orleans wins the NFC South. New Orleans, however, unlike Atlanta, can actually get in as a wild card with a win without winning the division. It would take a Seattle loss uh, plus a Green Bay loss uh, along with a win over Atlanta for them to get in as a wild card. So it's still possible that the NFC South could produce two playoff teams. Uh, The two would be Tampa and New Orleans. Atlanta can only win the division at 8-9. and Uh, overall. Um, So the Tampa game at Carolina, I think most people would expect them to win to win that division. I think it's a tricky game for them personally. Um, You go to Jacksonville at Tennessee. Jacksonville controls their own destiny in the AFC South. If they beat Tennessee, they are the AFC South, and I mean limping into the AFC South title uh, as a 10-7 team. Uh, and there's still a wild card possibility with a loss, but it's a long shot. Houston Indy winner, if Jacksonville loses, wins the NFC uh, South. Seattle plays Arizona. They are still alive for a postseason berth. If they were to win, Green Bay loses to Chicago. Seattle is in as a wild card. That is their path 
uh, to a wild card, a win and a Green Bay loss. There are a bunch of tie scenarios there. I'm not going to get into those. I think most of you know the NFC East. It's real simple. Dallas wins. They're the NFC East champs. We don't get a repeat NFC East champion uh, for, at this point, it would be 18 years, uh, 19 years in a row. Um, and they get the two seed in the NFC playoffs with San Francisco having a one seed. If they lose and Philly wins, Philly wins the NFC East and they are the two seed. Uh, and again, if they tie and Philly wins, they also drop to the five seed as well. The five seed will travel to the NFC South uh, winner. Here's an interesting thing, and that is the Rams are at the 49ers. The Rams clinched with that weird win over the Giants along with the Seattle loss to Pittsburgh, so they are in, but their seeding is not clinched. If they beat San Francisco, they're the sixth seed and would likely go to Detroit in the first round. Um, If they lose, they're likely the seventh seed if Green Bay wins, And they would go to Dallas, where they've already gone this year, and they got crushed by the Cowboys, 43-20. to The Rams have decided to sit Matt Stafford and a lot of key starters in the game against the 49ers, meaning that they must not care whether it's the 6 or the 7 seed. Uh, And then you get the last two games with meaning Chicago-Green Bay. Green Bay wins. They're in. Green Bay wins with a Rams loss. They're the sixth seed. Green Bay wins with a Rams win. They're the seventh seed. Green Bay loses. Then you get into whether or not Seattle uh, won. Um, There are scenarios for the Packers to clinch a playoff berth with a loss, but that would require Seattle to lose, Tampa to lose, Minnesota to lose, potentially New Orleans to lose as well in another tie scenario. The Vikings are still barely clinging to life. Uh, They face Detroit, who's got nothing to play for. If they win um, and Green Bay, Seattle, and Tampa lose, Minnesota gets a seven seed. They could also get in with a win, a Green Bay loss, a Seattle loss, and a New Orleans loss. So there you go. Pretty much uh, the entirety of teams that are still alive and how it would work out. Again, lots of ties that end up impacting a lot of things. Um, But it all leads to the final game of the year, as we discussed. Buffalo at Miami, Sunday night football. Buffalo a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite against a Miami team that's banged up a little bit. Buffalo obviously playing well. And, you know, Buffalo potentially could be in a win or go home. Win and they're the two seed, lose and they're completely out if Pittsburgh beats Baltimore on Saturday. All right, we'll do some Denton news and then Ben Standig will jump on with us at noon. Smell test next hour. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, the Team980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. Hitting the news you might have missed. It's Denton's Daily News. Uh, Before that, yes, Neil in Rockville. Uh, I forgot to mention Carson Wentz is starting the game. I I mentioned that the Rams are sitting a lot of their starters, including Matt Stafford, in a game that will decide seeding for them. Uh, But, yeah, Carson Wentz is getting the start for the Rams at the 49ers, who are also starting a lot of their um, resting a lot of their starters. All right, Denton, what do you got? All right, so we got a couple college football stories, a couple NFL stories. I'm going to start in college football. You know, uh, a lot of uh, attention has been given to the Pat McAfee show for Aaron Rodgers' appearances, but many people might not know that Nick Saban also does a weekly hit yeah. with Pat McAfee on ESPN. So in college, it's not a uh, it's not abnormal for college quarterbacks to snap the ball by clapping their hands. On defense, you are not allowed to mimic clapping because that'll be a penalty. It's an unfair advantage to the defense. Well, Nick Saban said yesterday on Pat McAfee, he believes that a Michigan lineman was mimicking clapping using their mouth. I actually saw this segment with Saban. He also said that it happened on the snap um, in the Auburn game that that put him into the 4th and 31 situation, but he actually said that it was an innocent clapping defensively. He still said it should have been a penalty, but he said he was the, the defensive back was clapping to get the other defensive back's attention. But you're not allowed to clap 
on defense because the clap is used by the quarterback, the clap. Uh, by the way, remedied by penicillin. Um, the the actual clap of a quarterback cannot be mimicked by defense, as you said. Yeah, he feels like Michigan, you know, tried to simulate that and and should have potentially been penalized for it. He also admitted, very interestingly, there was not another play on that last fourth. Uh, down in overtime. There was not a play to check to. And he said, we had the wrong play. He said, I felt like we had the right play um, when we were first out there, but Michigan called a timeout. He said, then we had a play with a check on the second time, but on the third time, they did not have a check with me play. That was the play. Quarterback draw. I'm sorry? That's that's crazy that they didn't have a uh, He said, said, it's our fault as coaches. He said, the snap did not help. You know that 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 center is into the portal. The Alabama yeah, center they, that like struggled so much. Ten guys are into the portal after the loss. I'm sorry. Like ten guys entered the portal this week after the loss from Alabama. Bama players, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Not Michigan guys. They they got bigger and better things. But yeah. But like don't 10 you guys. think in many cases those are players that they're essentially okay with heading into the portal? I think in most instances that is correct across all of college football, although there was a huge name that jumped into the portal yesterday. This is a, a it might be a deeper dive for college football fans, but this guy's going to be playing in the NFL. No, not Will Howard, uh, although he is. But Quinshawn Judkins, the running back at Ole Miss, yeah. is in the portal. Yeah, the Ole Miss running back. Um, and he's been, a, he's been a really that's, good player. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but as he you had mentioned, a great start to that game against uh, – Against Bama, right? The really good start, and then and then they couldn't do anything after that early part portion of the game. I might be thinking about the LSU game actually now. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that Saban kind of admitted that they failed um, uh, Jalen Milrow and the offense on that final snap. Remember, it was three different setups. It was, you know, a setup, Michigan called timeout. Second setup, Bama called timeout third setup and they didn't have a check with me and that quarterback draw he he said with a good snap it's possible that he would have seen some daylight and and been able to use vision to get to a hole that opened up to the left but it the bad snap you know took his eyes off of what was going on anyway what else uh, so you mentioned Will Howard he is now an Ohio State quarterback he jumped in the don't portal don't you like him uh, I do like him. He's a great interview, by the way. Probably one of the best interviews I had this year doing the serious show. I do like him, but I am I'm a little skeptical. I don't know if he's that much better than Kyle McCord. So that this could be two years in a row. He's better I'll, than Kyle McCord. He's better, but I don't know if he's uh I, I don't know if he's an elite quarterback. We're, we're so My used question to, to you is, Will Howard, for those of you who don't know, was the quarterback at Kansas State this year, and he's transferring to Ohio State. I thought Kyle McCord was a major limiting factor for Ohio State's offense this year, personally. And it didn't mean that it was going to be next year or the year after, but he has transferred as well. I think Howard is has much better vision, has much better release. My question to you is, don't they have – Somebody else is it Devin Brown or somebody else coming in that he'll have to compete with for the job? Yeah, so they have Devin Brown. I haven't looked at their recruiting to see if they have another five-star quarterback on the roster, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find a whole lot of joy in watching Devin Brown or play. Me neither. Um, other than the fact that he wears thirty-three for Sammy Ball, which the fact that a twenty-some-year-old dude is wearing thirty-three for Sammy Ball, I think is more hilarious right. than anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think he's going to get in, and he should be the favorite. I think there's going to be a competition for sure. I think that's why Kyle McCord left. But I think Will Howe will be the favorite to be their quarterback. I would be excited if I were an Ohio State fan to have Will Howard as the quarterback next year. I actually liked him. I think he, you know, he the, the players at K-State over the years have been well coached. He has started a, an S-load of games at K-State. Um, I I've, I just liked watching him play. I think he's a, I, I actually think he's a significant upgrade over Kyle McCord. We'll see. What else? You, you got anything else? Yeah, so one one quick NFL Pro Bowl story. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is yeah. supposedly not thrilled that he was snubbed from the Pro Bowl roster. I ag- I tend to agree with him, but I would also raise his unhappiness with a Brandon Ayuk snub because I thought he for sure would have been on the Pro Bowl roster, and he, and he was not. He has nearly 1,400 receiving yards as the second option on that offense, really third option on that offense. He's had a great year in San Francisco. Okay, real quickly, St- Lamb Brown – uh, Nakua. 
Nakua. Yeah. And what about Puga Evans? Puga Nakua Evans really should ha- would have a gripe too. Uh, well, how many yards does Evans have? Do you know off the uh, off? The, oh no, Mike Evans is a, he's on the roster. Mike Evans is so it's, yeah, it's four Lam- receivers. Yeah, it's Lamb, Brown, Evans, Nakua, and then two tight ends. Yeah. Um, honestly, Amon Ross St. Brown has the biggest biggest argument. He is a star wide receiver. He is a very difficult check. Ayuk is too, and I'm a big fan of Ayuk. But Ayuk, you know, gets masked a little bit more. Amon Ross St. Brown is so crucial to Detroit, and it's possible, you know, that he could really make himself a household name in the upcoming month. Uh, I would have had him on there in front of Nakua. I know the numbers are probably different, right, in terms of receptions. I'm guessing. I don't know with Nakua's receptions. Um, I would have had Amon Ross St. Brown in front of Nakua for sure. Uh, I think Lamb and Brown are obvious. And I think Mike Evans definitely deserves it too, although I'm just pulling up stats right now. God, Evans on the season only has 76 catches. Yeah, it's the nature of that offense. Without him, though, they would suck on offense. They would not be in the position they're in. I think I'd go Lamb, Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown would be the top three in the NFC. I'm I'm, I'm actually really surprised he, he didn't make the Pro Bowl team. He got snubbed. That's a big snub. Don't you think? You think Ayuk's a bigger snub? I think both of them are big snubs. My preference would be Ayuk because I think I think Ayuk. What we, what you and I thought of Amon Ross St. Brown last year, because we've been on, we've been on the Amon Ross St. Brown train. I think that's where, kind of where I'm with Brandon Ayuk. I think he's a star. I think he's one of the best route runners in all the NFL. I agree. And I think he needs his flowers. By the way, DJ Moore had a hell of a year too. Um, ben Standing next. Kevin Sheehan Show, Team 980. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 